Chris Merrill, Joe Huizenga, Chris and Joe. Afternoons 2 to 4 on KTAR News. I'm Chris Merrill. He is Joe Huizenga. We hypothesized yesterday, Joe, you recall, we were talking about the the kids and the parents that are associated with the Gilbert goons. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about uh, lawsuits that might come out, not just the, the criminal charges, but civil lawsuits that might follow over their involvement with the gang. And a lot of this, I, I think what we witnessed in Michigan sparked our thoughts about criminal or even civil liability when it comes to family members and things like that. Lo and behold, we get off the air. I get a breaking news alert from AZ Central, and I sent that to you. Yep. Right? You did. <laughs> and I said, Joe, this is what we were just talking about. And Joe says, oh, my gosh, it's kismet. Yeah, we, we got to reach out to Robert Anglin and Elena Santa Cruz over at The Republic because, you know, they've been on KTAR a number of times talking about this. They've, you know, been all over this the last several months, and now they are here with us today. Nice to see both of you. Thanks for having me. Listen, super excited that you're here because nobody knows the story better than you. You wrote the story, literally writing the story on this as we go and doing a fine job. In fact, numerous conversations that we've had off the air about the, the job that you, you two specifically are doing and, and what a great job it is. So you had the story come out yesterday that talked about the, the civil lawsuits. We've got a, a lawyer in Scottsdale that's representing, I assume, some of the family members of the victims. Is that correct? Can you explain sort of who he's representing or at least... Generally speaking, I don't need specific names of victims and things like that. But then who is being sued and for what and what are the standings? Help me understand this a little bit. I can take the first half. Um, So the individual that the lawyer is representing is uh, Rick Keener. He's been on here, Mm -hmm. talked very long about his story. His son was attacked in August at the Gilbert In-N-Out. The story is that his son had just started um, his third year in high school um, over in Chandler. And he started getting threats from people he didn't really know. Um, So they reported to officials and nothing really happened. And then these kids showed up to his house again, trying to threaten them. And then next thing you know, over a week later, he goes in and out, grab a burger with his friends. Right when he gets there, a bunch of kids just come out of a truck and they start attacking him. They jump him. Yeah. And we have, you know, the video is just, you know, awful to see. They go run after him. You see him run away, trying to get away from them. And then he's just on the ground and they're all pummeling him. And video. You you made mention of the video, which is one of the, the more peculiar twists to this entire tale is that there are so many videos uh, I mean, is this for clout online that there are videos? Do we know the motivation behind the idea with the videos? I guess nobody exists anymore without filming it, and that includes yeah. criminals. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about that. Okay, so who's being sued then? We know that we've got the headline was 17 Gilbert Goons and Parents Sued Over Gang Attacks. Okay, who are the parents? Who are the. Again, I don't need names. I don't care. But how many are parents? How many are goons? And then there are a lot of different characters that are in the story about who are being eyeballed or named in some way, shape, or form in this story. So there are, we have to kind of break it down. So there, there's um, 13 minor, what we would call goons that have been identified in that lawsuit, minor kids who have taken part in beatings and assaults. Their parents, a set of 26 of them have now been sued. So the parents of these goons, then there, then there are adult goons and there are four of them and they are also being sued. And then there are 
three what you would call affiliated people, people who took place in the attack on Cooner, mm-hmm. who aren't necessarily part of the group, but I don't know, felt like giving a beat down that day. Okay. So your guys' story goes into a lot of detail here. We're talking with uh, Robert Anglin and Elena Santa Cruz from the Arizona uh, Arizona Republic AZ Central. When you say being sued, th- this is a civil suit. What what is being sought here? What what are these, you know, alleged goons and their parents being sued for? Well, that gets into the the, the, the goons themselves are going to be sued for unspecified damages. The parents under Arizona law are held liable for ten thousand the first ten thousand of any actual damages, and then whatever punitive damages they can get. They're being sued because their kids wailed on other kids and there are a lot of them the interesting thing about the lawsuit is that the lawyer represents one family there's another suit coming but he is naming the world of the the kids involved claiming that they're part of a conspiracy Mm -hmm. so you have people named in this lawsuit that weren't necessarily involved in mr cooner's attack or the attack on mr cooner's son but in fact, we're involved in other attacks, and you can watch them in the privacy of your home on the videos that they produced. When when you throw that word out there, conspiracy, that set off all kinds of alarm bells for me, and and the the attorney Richard Lyons in this case is is throwing out all kinds of accusations, basically saying if you drove somebody there, if you held somebody there, like. Do you guys have any sense for, hey, what's that line? I mean, if you form a circle around a victim, are you holding somebody there or are you, are you just there? Like, where where does this stop? Well, I think that's a good question. but I th- And I think he's got an answer for us. Mm-hmm. If you watch the videos, you can see that there is actual participation. Okay. In one video, the one that comes to mind immediately is what we call the wagon wheel video. That's an attack that actually happened two days a- or two, two and a half weeks after Preston Lord was murdered. There was another Gilbert Goon attack, um, and they um, they surrounded the kid, and and several of them used or or some of them used flashlights to sh- to shine on the kid, followed him, got in front of him, chased him, and and I think that's the line that Mr. Lyons would say is he's drawing, and of course, um, it's his lawsuit. I just reported on it. But that's and then there are people who jump in and and throw blows. Um, there are people who then, like he said, if you drove them away from him or have tried to participate in helping them get away with it, you're you're. A, but you do mention the the 26 parents of those 13 minors here yeah. too. They weren't there, but they're being they're being you know sued as well. The claim against the parents is negligence. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Robert England and uh, uh, Elena Santa Cruz from AZ Central joining us. They wrote the story on the Gilbert Goons. Um, as you're as you're talking, and you mentioned Arizona law, and again, I'm asking you to respond as, to the best of your knowledge. It's kind of a legal question, so if you want to defer to a lawyer, I'll let you. Uh, and that is, you've got uh, parents of kids negligence, as you just pointed out, Robert, uh, and yet you have some adults. Four of them named in the lawsuit. And when we talk about adults, age ranges early eighteen and nineteen, right? Yeah. Is there anybody over the age of 19, or is it all in that? There's one that's 20. Okay. But the thing also in the lawsuit is that what time, or what the age you were, what age you were at the time of the attack. Mm-hmm. Which is huge. Yes. Especially if you've got kids that were 17 when they were attacked, now they turn 18. If I'm a parent, my kid is 17, I could be held 
negligent, right? Uh, civilly, anyway, that we're talking about. Yeah. But if my kid has a birthday and then goes to celebrate their birthday by beating somebody up because I'm a bad parent and I taught them that that somehow was okay, uh, now I would not be eligible for that lawsuit. Is that the way you understand it? Yes, from, you know, what we... What a strange legal definition, right? I mean, what a weird line in the sand that we well, just decide. I mean, I guess there has to be one, right? Well, mm -hmm. same. I mean, you become an adult when you're 18. Period. Yeah. I, we don't, you know, we don't make the underage rules, and right. and you know, we give kids licenses at 18. At 18, you can do all kinds of things that you couldn't at 17. And and yeah, I, I mean, fortunately, I didn't have to breathe a sigh of relief when my kids turned 19 or 18. <laughs> my father told the story that uh, on my 18th birthday. He rolled over to my my mother and he said, "We're off the hook." <laughs> <laughs> All right, we are. We're talking with uh, Elena Santa Cruz and Robert England. They wrote the story for AZ Central. They've been the driving force in holding these hooligans and officials, by the way, accountable. I want to get into the why a little bit. We'll dive into the why because some of these parents are not coming forward and saying, "Listen, it was my kid. We're taking responsibility. We're being accountable." So why not? What is the why behind that? Why are they keeping mom? You're going to find out how the lawyers have actually helped keep the. Uh, public in the dark that is ahead. It's the Chris and Joe show on KTAR. Chris and Joe, afternoons 2 to 4 on KTAR News 92.3 and the KTAR News app. We are honored to be joined by Robert Englund and Elena Santa Cruz. They broke the story of the Gilbert Goons AZ Central. They also put together the puzzle pieces that the police did not and I don't think they did until you guys brought it to their attention either if I uh, recall my timeline correctly. But one of the things that we like to dive into is what's the why and the, the whole community has been baffled by the fact that you've got parents uh, affluent parents, mostly, who have not said a word, uh, haven't come forward. Nobody's, you know, we always think of uh, maybe it's a little bit uh, Mayberry here, but I, I think of my parents grabbing me by the ear and dragging me to the police station to say he's, you know, you tell him what you did sort of thing. And nobody's doing that. And I and I started in the back of my mind thinking, is this Arizona's affluenza, right? Is this a situation where parents are maybe covering for their kids, where they're hiding their kids? But the, the other side of the why here and why not come out is I feel like they're they're wealthy enough to be able to afford advice. And they're probably smart enough to say, my kid might be involved or I saw my kid in that video or whatever else it is. I'm going to lawyer up in a heartbeat. Lawyers are terrible when it comes to PR, right? Because don't lawyers just say, shut your mouth, right? We'll deal with this through the legal means, but don't say a word. Well, I don't want to give up a trade secret, but talking to us or anyone else is really a dumb idea if you're a criminal. <laughs> <laughs> but you two did did point out in your piece, one of you talked to a, a parent of a goon, maybe you've talked to several of them, and, and this mom said something, I'll paraphrase here, something along the lines of like, what do you want me to do? My kid was at a party. Do you expect me to turn him in for going to a party where a kid got beaten? Something like that, roughly what, what that, that mom said? That's, she said that on social media, in fact. Oh, okay. Um, and it was it was a lot more than that, but but um, that mom in that in that post acknowledged that her son was at the party, but didn't see what happened, and and then tried to say that her her son wasn't involved. And of course, the rub on that is okay, but what about the videos I can show you with your son in them? And and suddenly there there isn't a conversation anymore. And that that's actually happened to us. Two or three times, and in one a very um, confrontational phone conversation, the mother, the mother was trying to convince me her son didn't have anything to do with the death of Preston Lord, and I said, "I believe you. We don't have any evidence showing that." 
I said, but about those videos with your son in them, mm-hmm. and, and her, her return or her repost was, we have no guilt. We have no guilt. How many parents of goons have you two spoken with? How many have actually done what you just said was uh, perhaps not the best decision and decided to talk with you two? A handful. Okay. And, and all kind of a similar story of, hey, we have no guilt or, hey, what do you want us to do here? Are, are any saying like, uh, you know, well, maybe we did do something here. We should have done more. Mm, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. We don't want to admit any guilt, right? They don't want to, they want to be careful. Could it, I suppose it could be used against them either in criminal court or in civil court if they were to say, listen, we're working with my kid. He was part of that video or something. How You guys watch these videos a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, at what point, like when you first saw it, you must have, as we all did, went, you know, m- mouth agape. After watching that a few times, do you become desensitized? Does it start to wear you out? Uh, I, I, I actually felt empathy for you. Because your job required that you kept watching them. The same way that I, I, you know, officers that track down some of these predators online, they have to watch some pretty horrible things. I felt that for you guys. That you had to keep watching all these horrible videos over and over to try to identify people. Did it start to weigh on you at some point? I mean, I feel a bit desensitized, but I, every single video I've watched, it still is like, oh my gosh, what are they doing and why? Like, mm. I don't know. There's a piece of me that's desensitized and the other piece is like... Jeez, I can't believe what I'm watching. Do you come, com, Robert? You've been at this for a while. Do you compartmentalize your humanity sometimes when it comes to going to work, or or do you? Does the humanity sneak in there, and all of a sudden you find yourself feeling empathetic toward the victims? Or, you know, I found myself thinking of, of the parents of the victims. You know, as a parent myself, I think I think, my God, I can't imagine what it would be like seeing my child getting beaten up like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm a walking case of PTSD anyway. So okay. Um, when you watch them, you, my, my gut reaction is anger because I keep reminding myself that at the, at the back end of all these videos is a dead child. And that's the thing that keeps me going and looking at them and, and pulling it out. Is it fun to watch? No. And my phone is loaded, chock full of these things. Um, but, and then it's funny because you mentioned your kids. You know, what do you think? I've had a conversation, my wife and I, what would we do if, and I said, well, we don't, our kids wouldn't, they didn't, they don't. They, that's not how our kids would respond. So thank God they don't. But if they did, they'd be in a car on the way to the police station right now. Is that, we all, in fact, I had a conversation with some other people. They were, they were saying like, if my kid would be dragging him by their ear, like Mayberry style down to the police station. But if the situation does arise, I mean, you're a smart guy who's got kids, right? So you, you kind of go into almost a protection mode, don't you? Or do you, you think you'd just throw them to the, to the lion's den? Because I feel like I would go, all right, this is going to be bad. Let's lawyer up. Let's do what we can to mitigate this, to smooth the process, to, you know. Yeah. You know, they're, it's hard. There but for the grace of God go I, right? Yeah. But I can say I wouldn't cover up my child's crime. I might get him a lawyer, but yeah. he would also be telling police what his part was. At least that's what I believe. Your piece is titled 17 Gilbert Goons and Parents Sued Over Attacks Conspiracy Alleged. It's up right now over at AZ Central. We're talking with Robert Anglin and Elena Santa Cruz. In your piece, you, you talk with this attorney, Richard Lyons, and uh, like you said, uh, conspiracy is alleged. These parents are being charged with negligence. 
when it comes to the police, I got the sense that uh, Mr. Lyons may be coming at the police at some point. Did did either of you get that sense that that we could see a negligence charge or something that is targeted at the police? Because he even says there that the police knew about what was going on and, you know, didn't do enough. Or, or there was a, a story you, you two mentioned in particular where it was uh, it, what didn't become a cold case, but it was essentially shelved. And then after you two were looking into it, just a matter of uh, weeks later, all of a sudden it's 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 not a cold case anymore. Does, doesn't that that say something about the police here? There there are a lot of questions about the way Gilbert police handled this, these cases, the attacks. Now, I, I've. In every interview, I try to separate the attack cases from the homicide investigation sure. of Preston Lord. That investigation is being handled by Queen Creek Police, um, its first homicide investigation of the NASA department. But the Gilbert Police have, uh, the, have taken on, or most of the attacks occurred in Gilbert, which would be the aegis of the Gilbert Police Department. And those cases were handled charitably abysmally um there there was no they they just weren't handled at all they were shelved there the attacks went unnoticed and when we can for want of a better term confronted or questioned the police department about this originally the response was well we didn't we couldn't put them together because we didn't connect these cases because the parents no none of the victims said they were attacked by gilbert goons <laughs> well, it stuns me too. You you hear Michael Michael Solberg? He's the police chief out there in Gilbert. Mm -hmm. He doesn't even use the term Gilbert goons. He calls it teen violence. And and, and Chris and I have talked and wondered like, hey, wh why doesn't he use the term Gilbert goons when you can connect? So some of these cases, it's not just teen violence. It's not, well, we've got 40 teens, 40 different instances of violence. We've got a specific group of teens here tied to several attacks, and yet he never uses that term. It's like To me, that would be something that he could say, hey, we're looking at this and targeting it. It's, it's as though he wants to just say, like, oh, nothing to see here. It's just teen violence. It could happen anywhere. Which is interesting, because in like, police records and Form 4s we're seeing of these kids that are, or these teens that are being arrested, you see a line in there that says this individual is part of a group of uh, teens that have been assaulting kids in the valley part of here's these lists of investigations but he's not going to say it because it's part of their investigation into whether the Gilbert Goons is a criminal street gang mm. but I do think that line is very interesting to read anytime I keep reading these arrest records so you think that. that's intentional he doesn't say Gilbert Goons because there may be a like a legal aspect to that that he that that would be naming the mafia for instance right yeah. that you're naming I, Bloods Crips Gilbert Goons I'm not convinced of that, frankly. I think that they're using the term as a way to create a, and broaden the circle of investigation so they can claim we were looking at teen violence long before this, this cropped up. So this isn't a Gilbert Goon Well, obviously problem. they weren't because if they were, they would have been able to connect them. I mean, you said it. I'm nodding. Well, okay. Well, listen. I mean, it's 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 kind of like somebody saying, "Oh my God, I was just assaulted," and they were like, "Can you, uh, you know, can you name your rapist?" Like, no, I can't. Oh well, then we don't know if it's related to the other ones. No, that's your job, right? That's your job. That's it. It's it's very Keystone ham-handed to me. Um, guys, if you, if you wouldn't mind, we do have a few more questions. We've been scrutinizing parents. We've been talking about police departments and seemingly everybody around the goons case, but there is. 
there are some people that are starting to learn from this, and they're going on the offensive. You'll figure out what some people are doing to get ahead of the bad PR for their communities. That's next on KTAR News. Chris and Joe, afternoons 2 to 4 on KTAR News 92.3 and the KTAR News app. In studio, the people you have to thank for making us a little safer by cracking the Gilbert Goon story. Robert Anglin and Elena Santa Cruz from the uh, Arizona Republic are with us in studio. And I was noticing, guys, uh, as we look at teen violence and what's happening, uh, in fact, the the other issues that may not even be related to the Gilbert Goons, and some cities are starting to say, forget it, it's not going to happen here. Chandler, I saw, uh, has got the, the zero tolerance on teen violence now, they're saying. They're, they're not going to take it. Forget about it. Sam Mack at the at the your colleague there says that the the Chandler officials unanimously pledging yesterday to crack down on youth violence and they're investing in preventing it. Do you see this happening with other communities? I feel like at the very least, from a PR standpoint, you're going to have other places that are going to come out and say we're. Listen, this is not going to happen in Ahwatukee. This is this is not something that's going to happen in surprise. Peoria stands against this. We have got zero tolerance. I mean, at some point, do we start seeing some other cities that are putting the message out? I'm sure. And this, look, the Gilbert Goons is a phenomenon into and of itself. But teen violence has, has, I mean, it's just ripe right now. I don't, I don't know how else to say it. And there was, there was a brass knuckle attack at a at the Desert Ridge In and Out. It sounds very much like a, a Gilbert Goon, but it's uh, it's not connected. It has Why nothing is it all In and Out Burgers? I don't understand what the really. I mean, I, I don't think I, I don't. The think menu's that, not big enough. Well, I don't think I don't think it's a really facetious question. I mean, it, it's not <laughs> happening at Raising Cane's. It's happening at In and Out. Is there any reason for that? But, I, I can't but it think al- of one. It also is happening in in parks, in parking garages. It's happening all okay. over the place. But yeah, that does seem to be it's the restaurant du jour. Well, the restaurant because it becomes a hangout, and yeah. I think that's it's, oh, okay. it's an outgrowth of that. Um, I, I, where I live, we have an in and out, and yeah. every Friday night, it's it, there's hundreds of kids out there in cars. I haven't seen any violence there, but they're there, and certainly, I, I mean, you remember when Geraldo wanted to ban hoodies because he said they were the problem? <laughs> I mean. Maybe we're finding the common thread here. <laughs> you guys wrote in one of your stories, uh, as we talked with Robert England and Elena Santa Cruz from Arizona Republic, you wrote in one of your stories that the goons, one of the hallmarks of the goons is sort of retaliation, like mm-hmm. it, which feels very mafioso to me. If you say anything, you're going to pay for it. Nobody has said more about this than you guys. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I wonder about behind the scenes. Have you Have you gotten any... Like, I don't know, one ringers in the middle of the night, people hanging up, heavy breathing or anything like that. I mean, have you felt any threats your way? I haven't. No, 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 no emails, no phone calls. You're staying away from In-N-Out Burger? Is that... Staying away from the Gilbert In-N-Out Burger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anything, Robert, anything from you? No, um, but I, but there have been retaliatory mm-hmm. incidents involving the Gilbert Goons. But I think what has, what you have to remember is we're talking about teenagers who live on social media, and many of those retaliatory threats are coming. It's like it's like nothing. I, I look. First of all, you're dealing with a group of people who filmed what they did wrong, right? They filmed themselves committing crimes. So mm-hmm. start with that That's as a baseline. That's there, right? <laughs> yeah. And then they're they're using Snapchat to tell victims shut up or else. So, um, or we'll. As one famously wrote, we'll do you the way we did Preston, whether or not that's true or not. That was the threat that came through. So you see it. 
but I think it's a, again. I think that's part of the social media behind this. But there is no remorse, then, is there? Like, I, I feel like there ought to be a human side at some point where these guys. What happened with Preston Lord? Maybe somebody went, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened." This has got to. This has got to be it. We can't. But were there attacks after that? I would have thought that would have put an end to it. I. Okay, so I thought the same thing. Okay. And I was interviewing victims at the time um, for, for one of our first stories, and I was talking to people about coming forward, and they would tell me, no, we're afraid. These people came to our house already. They've come to our house. They've, they've done things to us. They've chased us, and they've, they've, of course, threatened us on social media. And I said, well, look, there has been a murder. Yeah. It would be inconceivable to me for them to, to continue attacks, to continue retaliation. And not two days later after I told this, this, the parent of this victim that, we found out there was a beating in Santan Valley two, week, two and a half, three weeks after Preston Lord was killed. That was related. That, that was, was the same <laughs> group of individuals, the Gilbert Goons, carried out a, an attack. Now, And I want to make clear, we believe we've pieced together information that shows that the the goons are connected to Preston Lord's death. Okay. Um, so you but so the same overlapping group of people, the same Gilbert goons carried out an assault in in Santan Valley and Pinal County has now made arrests in that case. Talking with Robert Anglin and Elena Santa Cruz, we're going to let you guys get out of here. Just one one more quick one to to tie up some loose ends. November 6th, police go out to this community, uh, White Wing, to conduct a search. Do, do we know how many homes were searched in that area? Do we know what exactly they were looking for? Was it computers? Was it phones? Obviously, it's evidence of some sort, but we just continually hear they're out there on November 6th and conducting a search that we know or we presume was tied to Preston Lord's death. It, it, yeah, everybody we've interviewed is connected that to Preston Lord's death, mm -hmm. and that search was was eye-popping in a way. They brought in armored vehicles. They had um, armed officers on streets outside. I mean, armed with automatic weapons in this very affluent Gilbert neighborhood. With well, the two they, RV oh, garages, oh, things hold like on, that. Mogadishu. Is that necessary? <laughs> was this was this a display? Is it because, hey, we're a police force and we never get to get the SWAT truck out? I, mean, I, I can't answer. Or do they think there was going to be a firefight? I think that they were basing it on what they probably suspected on um, it, that it was based on particular individuals' criminal backgrounds, perhaps. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. But they did go into that community um, in force. Um, and we off, have photos to show. Yeah, closed off streets, made, wouldn't let people sit in their homes. As to the number of houses that were searched, neighbors have told us repeatedly that it was four. I think there might be a misnomer there. I've learned um, through reporting that houses were searched, whole houses, but then there were other searches of property belonging to people. So there were search warrants executed, but I can't say that four actual houses were searched at this point. I appreciate that clarification. Too. Uh, Robert Anglin and Elena Santa Cruz, thank you so much for coming in today. You can check out their, their latest story, 17 Gilbert Goons and Parents Sued Over Attacks, Conspiracy Alleged, up right now over at uh, Arizona Republic. Great work by both of you. Uh, terrible terrible story, but phenomenal reporting by both of you. Imagine being held responsible every time your kid did something dumb. Uh, reasons to have maybe a little empathy for the Goonie moms and dads next on KTAR News. Chris and Joe afternoons 2 to 4 on KTAR News 92.3 and the KTAR News app.
thanks again to Robert Anglin and Elena Santa Cruz. They broke the story of the Gilbert Goons with the ears on a Republic. And uh, we're just joining us here in studio. Highly recommend that you grab that podcast uh, after the program. That's not just shameless self-promotion, but I thought they were really good, Joe. I thought they were wonderful additions to the program. Uh, we do have questions. The latest story that they published had to do with the different lawsuits that were coming in uh, around uh, this entire episode. Uh, joining us now is our legal analyst, Barry Markson. Uh, Barry, you know, we talked to you coincidentally yesterday about suing uh, before the criminal charges came down. And we said, well, you know, they're probably not going to sue civilly until the, the criminal case is played out. And no sooner did we say that, that all of a sudden we find out there's a lawsuit. Why would they Why would they sue civilly before waiting for the criminal cases to, to work themselves through the courts? Well, there's there's a couple reasons, really. I mean, the lawyer who, who filed a suit against everybody, lawyers want to get in on that early. So they want to be the first one in. Other attorneys might be speaking with other victims. This makes it, I'm not saying it's a class action, but it, it kind of says, hey, we're here. And if there's other victims, other families, other kids who are victims of these guys, this is the, the kind of the place to jump in and do that. So filing early gives you that advantage. Uh, but also wanting to let these the parents know and the families know that they're suing that there's a lawsuit pending and now they have to protect things so they have to make sure they're not deleting their text messages make sure they're not deleting their emails because all of that becomes evidence in the lawsuit barry let's let's follow the chain here so these people have have now been sued by an attorney in the valley richard lyons they can be held liable how do you actually get them to pay though if they're found guilty of negligence for instance like how do you get them to pay what's the process yeah. to garnish wages what does that look like okay they've been found guilty of a civil suit if 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 that plays out how, how do you get them to pay there's a there's a couple of different ways, uh, Joe. And the first is insurance. A lot of people have homeowners insurance, and that insurance covers a lot of things that people don't realize it covers. It provides insurance coverage for it. So, again, potentially it depends on the type of claims that were alleged in this lawsuit. And I have not reviewed the lawsuit itself, but negligence claims are covered in by, in, by your insurance. So, oftentimes that might be a place where coverage could could it could exist, and you could get paid that way. Secondly, depending on the wealth of the families involved, they may have their own money. So if a family has money and savings or other you know, wealth, that money can be used to pay off judgments uh, or to settle cases. So, again, I know at least as far as I know from the news reports, at least one of the families here has some has some wealth and has owned a business in the past and I would assume has money to pay a judgment. So that puts those people at risk. They may have insurance coverage for it as well, but that's those are two ways that you can get paid. Barry, if you have to, if they don't have the coverage, and you have to garnish wages. You can do that, but I will tell you that generally that's not the reason lawsuits are we, the lawsuits aren't normally filed to garnish wages or cause people to, to declare bankruptcy. That doesn't really pay off for anybody. Uh, Barry Markson is our KTAR uh, legal analyst. Barry, I've dealt enough with insurance companies to know that they don't like paying. Uh, they don't make money when they send money out the door. If I am an insurance company and I come to you and I say, listen. Barry Markson, Esquire, how do you get us out of paying this? Uh, now, maybe they cover the parents. Is there a way that the, the insurance companies can say, yeah, but the kids committed the crime and they did so intentionally, so that's not covered. Is there, I mean, are there end arounds on that? No, it's a great point, Chris. There's, in almost every insurance policy, there's what we call an, an intentional exclusion act. So there's uh, there's an exclusion that, that says we don't cover anything if it was an intentional act. Here, the, the question is, did the parents do something negligent, not not the kids? So 
did the parents do something that contributed to this? Did they know what the kids were doing? Did they get the kids the brass knuckles or other weapons that were used in the assaults? Did they drive the kids to the where the assaults were made? I, I don't know, and we won't know yet, the extent of the parents' involvement in that, but it's, it's separate and apart from the kids. So is insurance going to cover the kids who intentionally beat another kid? Probably not. Okay. Could it cover the parents who didn't necessarily know what was happening? Uh, we don't know yet. I mean, I'm asking that question. But in the meantime, the insurance policy could, number one, provide an attorney to defend the parents as a duty to defend in every insurance company, uh, every insurance policy. And two, could it indemnify them as well? Could you also be looking at a settlement here at some point where, it, let's say they're seeking, you know, let's just say $10,000. Can you have, you know, two, two yeah. parties meet together and say, hey, you know what, we're going to we're going to sit down and we're going to agree on six to make this all go away? Yeah, I mean, that, that happens all the time. I mean, I will tell you that in Maricopa County, 98.6% of every civil lawsuit settles. So almost all cases settle eventually. So, Joe, you're totally right. I mean, the case is likely to settle before getting to trial. They'll deal with these coverage issues with the insurance company first. Um, but the, the lawsuits filed, there's an awful lot of people involved here, and it could potentially grow into some real amount of money for the, for the victims of these crimes. What's the threshold to make something into a class action, Barry? Well, you have to prove that that everybody is kind of the same. So it, it, it would be a difficult thing here. I don't think you're going to see a class action, and I don't think they filed it that way. Okay. You'd have to say that you'd really have to have every single person be injured in the same way, at the same location, that kind of thing. I, I, I don't see that that's going to happen. And normally that's directed against one defendant. Here you have multiple, multiple defendants. I see. Barry Markson is our KTAR legal analyst. Barry, can't thank you enough for shedding some light on that, and we'll watch how this plays out. And My takeaway is the lawyers wanted to get in on it early, cast a wide net, because it's, it's just good for lawyering business. Barry, thanks so much, my friend. Chances are on Sunday you're going to be watching Super Bowl 58, but what you maybe didn't know is all the ways that you can let your Arizona flag fly when that game goes down in Vegas. We'll sort of uh, reconnoiter ourselves and tell you how well Rep Arizona is next in KTAR News.